Hey everyone, welcome back to It Pays to Fear God. I'm your friend and Wadawanomarin, and in this video, we are going to be talking about prayer. The subject is Will God answer my prayers? If we study the scriptures, especially the New Testament, one of the things we'll see is that we should pray to God. If we want to live a spiritual life, prayers are very important. For example, Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the Bible also tells us that if we make requests to God and we believe that God can answer our prayers, God will answer them. Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 21, verse 22, And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. And these texts are very popular in Christianity because they make us think, that, okay, I'll just bring anything I want to God and he'll answer. However, the problem arises when we pray to God for something and then we just don't get it. Like we wait a long time and it just doesn't come. So then we're beginning to think, I mean, God said that if we pray for anything, he will give it to us. So why have I prayed for something and he's not giving it to us? And that has actually made many people's faith to buckle because that lack of understanding, you know, that anxiety and all that has made them to not trust God anymore because they think that God said something and he's not fulfilling it. So this video is going to explain why that happens. We're going to look into how God decides which prayers to answer. That is, the channel that our, or direction our prayers should go that will make him answer them. And it's, it's a simple formula that we can learn and it will change God's response to our prayers. So that's what we'll be focusing on in this video. So the first thing we should consider before we start praying to God is to understand his purpose, to understand who he is. And I've drawn a chart for you so that we can really vision how this looks like. So the chart beside me here shows the two sides. And what I mean by the two sides is, if we study the scriptures, we'll see that there are two worlds that the Bible talks about all the time. There is the world. When I say the world, I mean like, if you read 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17, John talked about the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and so on. So generally, what we see happening in this world, all the institutions, the politics, the sports, and all the kinds of things that happen, they all belong to this world. And then there's also God's side. That is what God wants us to realize, his will and so on, what he wants to prevail in this world. So we'll get to understand what I mean as we go along. So basically, if we believe in this world, that is, we want to gain this world, we don't really see the things of God as that important, it's just, you know, whatever we see with our eyes that we want, then these things are going to become very important. For example, lusts, that is, fancy vehicles, big houses, and other stuff that we see with our eyes, or we smell, or we get to hear about, so all those kinds of stuff that many people just have a strong desire for. If we believe in this world, then such things are going to be important or cares of this life.
that is meeting standards, wanting to catch up with other people, inordinate ambition, self-enrichment, praise of men, competition, that is we want to outdo other people, we want to have a better job, we want to be higher in the workplace and so on. So when these and more are our main focus, then if we're Christians, we're going to begin to pray to God for such things because this is what is important to us. And in order to gain such things, we're going to need stuff like this. We're going to need more money. We're going to need new jobs. We're going to need promotions. We're going to need new cars. We're going to need new houses and so on because our interests are how to gain this world. But if our main focus is to obtain salvation or for the will of God to be done, that is, we want to please God Almighty, then all of a sudden, we're going to see that what we desire in life changes. We're not really going to be so interested in how rich we are or what people think about us or you know whether people are better than us or not. No, we're going to be more interested in, for example advancing God's purpose or whether God is pleased with our lives or whether we're righteous or not. And if this is our focus, that is, if these things are our desires, then we're going to need help from God to be able to achieve that. And these are the things that are relevant, especially the first two, wisdom, the Holy Spirit. And the point I want to make with this is the fact that when we are on this side, then this is going to be our main focus. And this is also what God is interested in. God is not interested in whether we're rich or poor, or whether we're meeting standards, or whether we are competing with other people. Or like These things are not God's main idea if we study the scriptures. This is what God is most interested in. Things like righteousness, his will to be done. If you look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, Christ told us to pray the Lord's Prayer. And one of the main things he said was, for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, which means that the kingdom should come. And these are the things that God is most interested in. So if we're also most interested in these things, then all of a sudden we're going to see that to achieve our goals, we're going to need stuff like the wisdom of God and the Holy Spirit. And then we'll begin to pray for such things. And the Bible makes it clear that those things... God will, of course, give it to us. For example, if we look at James chapter 1, verse 5, James said, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Or if it's the Holy Spirit we're praying for. Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? These are the things God is interested in us having. So when we pray for these things, then there's that harmony and God will grant them to us. You know, let me give you an example of what I mean by that. Let's say there's this father who loves law. He's a lawyer and he wants all his sons to be lawyers. He has five sons. Four of them don't want to become lawyers. One wants to become an engineer, another a musician, another a teacher, and a fourth a footballer. But then this last one just wants to study law. He likes to read law books. He likes to watch law programs. And his father gets to know about that. He's going to want to support him. Sometimes even when the son is not asking for stuff, he's giving him books and giving him help and so on. Because it's his will that the son is interested in being fulfilled. So what we should get is the fact that when we believe in God's will, that is, 
we want this to fulfill in the world and in our lives as well, then we'll begin to seek such things, as Christ said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So what Christ meant by that verse, that is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, is the fact that when we come to God and we understand his purpose, that is the kingdom, righteousness, and so on, these things, that is supposed to be our main focus. But what many Christians do is, instead of seeking the kingdom, they begin to seek the other things. That is, for example, the Bible makes it clear that God can take care of our needs. We won't be poor and so on. So instead of Christians seeking for this, and then God can take care of the physical things, they begin to seek the physical things, and then they forget about this. And at that point, all those verses that talk about God answering our prayers, they won't fulfill because we are not entering into that with the right direction. And essentially, what I mean by this is, if we pray for these things only, and these things are of no concern to us, what we should remember is that unbelievers, this is exactly what they want, but they don't pray to God for it. They just seek it. So if this is what we pray for, we're not really different from unbelievers, even if we say we're Christian. And Paul addressed this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? But by the time we seek these things, then all of a sudden we're going to realize these things become less important because, for example, if we're seeking righteousness, money is not going to help us become righteous. Or if we're seeking the will of God to be done, getting a new job is not going to help that. But, for example, wisdom will. So we begin to pray for that. And as we're moving in this direction, as we're trying to fulfill these needs or these desires, then God is going to remember that we need some of this stuff. We need money to survive. We need stuff like that. So he'll begin to bring those things without us necessarily having to go worry about them. And if you look at the life of King Solomon, this fulfilled 100%. In 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 11 to 13, he prayed for wisdom. Just wisdom. But God was so happy with the fact that he prayed for that instead of, let's say, a bigger empire or for riches and all that. That he not only gave him the wisdom, these things, but he also gave him some of this stuff too. Gave him money, gave him wealth, fame and all that. So the point is, rather than just seeking this stuff, the other things that Christ said God would add, we should seek this stuff so that God can add these things on his own. But our focus is not moved out from these things. And I should add that the reason why this is true, that God prefers we think about this than this, is because... If we pray for this stuff, and then God gives it to us, that is more money, more jobs, and so on, then by the time we get it, and we don't understand its purpose, then we're going to use it to fulfill some of this stuff. We want to meet standards, we want to compete with other people, and then we completely forget about this, because this is all we care about. If you look at many Christians who are rich in this world, many of the things that they do with their money are not righteous, because they don't even understand what righteousness is. That is what God's purpose is. So it's after we understand this and seek this that God begins to give us this stuff. Because by the time he gives us this stuff, we're not going to be distracted and just begin to fulfill this. No, we're going to move to this side and we're still going to continue to do God's will even if we become rich or we're promoted or we get any physical elevation like that.
And remember that a responsible parent does exactly what I have just described. They're not going to reward their children with more money without them knowing how to use it because they're going to begin to do bad stuff. So they will withhold stuff like this until they understand how to use it well. That is, they become responsible. They become diligent. They become self-reliant. And then it's after they are able to develop those skills, they can begin to be given money and stuff like that because they'll know how to manage it. So the same goes for God Almighty. So what God really wants is for us to focus on this stuff. But if we're only focused on this, then that's when we pray for it and we don't get it. James chapter 4 verse 3 is going to fulfill. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye might consume it upon your lusts. So the point I want to make with this chart behind me here is the fact that it is based on what we wish for that determines whether God answers our prayers or not. If our desires are completely different from God's interest, that is his purpose, then we're not really going to have answers to our prayers. But if this is our focus, then our prayers will be answered 100%. And even before we ask for them, God will begin to give them to us because it's his will that we have such things. That's when Isaiah chapter 65 verse 24 fulfills. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they're yet speaking, I will hear. That is where verses like 1 John chapter 3 verse 32 begin to come in. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now let's move on from this. Let's actually see how this fulfilled in real life. If you look at the life of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you'll be able to see that he wasn't interested in this stuff. He was interested in this stuff, that is righteousness, the will of God being done. It was his priority. For example, he said in John chapter 4, verse 34, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. He also said in John chapter 5, verse 30, I could of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will. In other words, he didn't seek this, but he sought this, but the will of my Father, which hath sent me. And because of that, if you look at the prayers he made, all of them were answered. None of them were neglected by God, except when he was praying to be you know, delivered from death, because that was not God's will. The key thing is, we have to pray according to God's will if we want God to answer us. That's what John the Apostle said. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So going back to Jesus, if you look at Matthew chapter 11 verses 25 and 26, for example, you could see him thanking God for something. He wasn't thanking God for this. He was thanking God for this. He was thanking God for bringing people to him. Even though they were poor and kind of inconsequential in society, he was thanking God for at least making some people to believe in his message. And if you look at John chapter 11, verses 41 and 42, he said something very important. As he was about to resurrect Lazarus, he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Why did he say, and I know that thou hearest me always? It was because there was nothing else in his life that was more important than these things, that is, doing God's will and 
obeying him. So because of that, anything he needed to be able to do that, God would immediately like, you know, give it to him because it was his will that was being done. So when we tread that path, when we move in that direction, where we actually use God's principles to live our lives, we're going to see that we're going to need certain stuff to be able to fulfill that. And God will give them to us because it's his will that is actually being done, not just ours. Now, based on what we've discussed so far, we're going to take it to the next level. What is God's purpose? Like, how do we really apply this in real life? Well, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, Jesus Christ told us to pray for God's kingdom to come. That was the only prayer he told us to pray. There was no other time where he taught us to pray a separate prayer. It was just, we pray for God to sanctify his name, for his kingdom to come, so that his will that has been done in heaven could also be done on earth. And he told us to pray for our daily bread and so on. But what I want you to focus on is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we look at the signs of the times today, we can see that that prayer, of course, has been answered. And I'm not going to go too much into that because, I mean, this whole channel is talking about that. But just to summarize, if you look at the signs of the times in Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 and 7, Christ mentioned things like nation rising against nation. And in the two world wars, we can see that the world's greatest powers fought against each other, declaring war against each other. And there was major conflict and tribulation. But the monarchical system that used to dominate the world for thousands of years kind of collapsed. And though there were a few still hanging around, the idea that the world was dominated by those powers that interacted with each other politically, economically, and so on, that system came to an end. And things like democracy and universal freedom began to take root. That is proof that Christ has returned. Based on the understanding that Christ has returned, that is the purpose of God. That is what the Bible has talked about from Genesis straight to Revelation, and it has fulfilled. Because now that the kingdom has been established, it's just growing now. We're beginning to see that principles of peace and freedom and so on are beginning to grow. And we're supposed to arise and shine to that, according to Isaiah chapter 60, by making such things here, like righteousness and pleasing God, our main focus. When we move in that direction, then we are arising and shining. But the point I want to make is that we have to, first of all, understand the purpose of God before praying. If we don't understand the purpose of God, then it's like we're out of tune. You know, we don't really know what's happening. So then by the time we pray to God, it's as if we're not really following, so we're out of place. But by the time we understand what God is doing, that's going to affect what we pray for. If you look at Exodus chapter 2, verses 23 to 25, the Israelites were praying for God to deliver them from Egypt because that was God's purpose. God told Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and all the faithful people that I'm going to bring you to your own lands, the land of Canaan. So they were not... They were not ignorant of that. So they began to pray for that. And then God answered their prayers. The only problem was, by the time they left the land, they were supposed to still understand the fact that God was fulfilling his purpose. So they should be thinking about how to obey God, how to follow the cultures and traditions that he laid out. But instead, they were thinking about what they left behind in Egypt. The delicacies, the lusts. 
that were there and they couldn't take their minds off them. Stephen once said they turned their hearts back again into Egypt. If you read Acts chapter 7 verse 39. But people like Joshua and Caleb who understood what God was doing, they forgot about their past in Egypt and were thinking about how they could do God's will, how they could please Him, how they could obey Him. If you look at Numbers chapter 13 verses 27 to 30, they were like, we've gotten to the land, let's occupy, let's do this, let's do that. They understood what God's will was and they wanted to bring it, they wanted to make it happen. And it is such ones who get their prayers answered 100%. So similarly, if we understand the kingdom purpose, we study the scriptures, and God, through His Holy Spirit, helps us to know what His Son, Jesus Christ, as King, is doing in our time, then it's not just to understand it, because it's one thing to be a hearer of the law, but it's another thing to be a doer of the law. According to James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. So we then have to apply our understanding of what Christ is doing by walking in that path, by actually using the principles of the kingdom to live our lives, raise our families, decide which jobs we should do so that we can have time for God, decide which friends we should have to make sure that we can retain our righteousness, and so on. Every single major decision we should that we need to make in our lives, we have to have this in mind. If we have this in mind, then by the time we begin to pray to God for it, we're not going to get anything. But by the time this is what we have in mind, then our prayers will be more in this direction. And all of a sudden, we'll see that it's basically like magic. God will answer all our prayers because all our prayers have to do with Him. So it is when we understand all this, that when we read places, especially in the Psalms and other books where people were talking about, God, you've answered my prayers, you've done this, you've done that. It's based on this context that we can understand such verses. If we don't understand the context, we'll be just reading those verses, then by the time we pray to God and we don't get anything, we're like, God, where are you? But by the time we understand the context, we'll know which way we should go so that such verses can fulfill. And what verses? For example, the psalmist stated in Psalm 65 verses 1 and 2, Praise waiteth for thee, O God in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. It's not every single prayer that God hears. It's these kinds of prayers that are God's main concern. And when this is our main focus once again, as Christ said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, without even asking, we'll begin to gain some of this stuff. This doesn't mean we'll become Jeff Bezos, but all of a sudden we'll see we won't miss anything in life. If we've sacrificed houses or children or the other things Christ mentioned in Mark chapter 10, verses 28 to 30, we won't miss them. We won't feel like the life we were living before coming to Christ is better than the life we're living now. No, we won't miss any of that stuff because God will fill our lives with these spiritual riches, the true riches, as Christ said, in Luke chapter 16, verse 11. Concerning how God answers prayers, the psalmist also stated in Psalm 66, verses 16 to 19, Come in here, all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily, God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. It is when we understand these things that those verses can fulfill and all our prayers will be answered and that is where i'm going to stop 
on that subject, will God answer my prayers? Now, let's conclude this video with a tune that some of us might enjoy. Now, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for revealing your kingdom to us. Help us to show appreciation for this gift by serving you faithfully and actively till the perfect day. And we thank you for answering our prayers. And those of our requests that you have not yet answered, we pray that you consider them and grant them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a good day, and God bless you. Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.